Lecture topic. Recognizing and giving preference to haq over falsehood. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi alladheena istafa. Amma ba'du fa'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Qul jaa al-haqqu wa zahaqa al-baatil. Innal baatil kana zahuqa. Most respected students of Deen, mothers and sisters. We are living in a world where all kinds of things happen. This world is a place of many opposites. There's day and there's also night. There's light, there's also darkness. And then the more important aspect is that just as there's Iman, then there's also Kufr. There's Tawheed and the oneness of Allah Ta'ala. And unfortunately, there are those people who commit shirk. So some people are Mu'mineen, but then unfortunately, there are those who are Kafirin who are disbelievers, they are people who are muahideen, and they believe in the oneness of Allah Ta'ala, the mu'mineen, muahideen, but then there are those, who are involved in all kinds of shirk, and likewise, there is the aspect of, ta'at, and obedience to Allah Ta'ala, then the opposite, is that there are things that people fall into, which is, ma'asiyat, it is the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. And likewise, in a more broader sense, which encompasses all this, there's haq and there's batil. Haq includes everything we've discussed just now, in terms of iman, tawheed, ta'at, all these things are all included in this one word, that there's truth, and there's what is the correct part of life that Allah Ta'ala has given us through Nabiya Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam through the Quran Sharif and the Mubarak Sunnah of Nabiya Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that is the path of Haq and then opposite to this is the aspect of Batil falsehood wrong, corruption evil all this is part of Batil now this is the challenge that people face in dunya. Every person faces this challenge at different levels. One challenge, people who are out there who are still in kufr, in shirk. So they, their challenge is now that to recognize what is the truth and to abandon the wrong, to come into iman, to come into deen. So some see it. And some don't see it. Many people see it, alhamdulillah. And they accept iman. They accept the truth. They accept tawheed. They give up the shirk. Then people who are in iman, mashallah, that's Allah Ta'ala's blessing, Allah Ta'ala's tawfiq. It is Allah Ta'ala's gift and bounty. Iman is not something that we can regard as our personal achievement. It's Allah Ta'ala's bounty and gift. Allah Ta'ala opened out the heart for iman. Many of us 
we're given this iman as we may call it on a plate Allah Ta'ala's fazal, his karam, his ihsan we were born in Muslim homes so this became a natural choice for us but this is Allah Ta'ala's favor that Allah Ta'ala blessed us with being born in a Muslim home and we didn't go through the challenges that many others faced but then when people are in iman <coughs> then they also have this challenge that sometimes they are tempted towards wrong towards evil towards batil of different types sometimes the batil is in the line of actions so every evil, every wrong, every vice, every sin is all part of batil and sometimes it goes beyond that to a worse level that the batil in the line of aqidah and belief the line of things that actually affect the iman itself if a person is committing some wrong, some sin, some evil action, then this too affects the Iman in terms of its quality. The quality of Iman is affected, the Iman becomes weaker, the Iman becomes weaker in the sense that now a person doesn't have the drive for righteousness, a person is not fulfilling the commands of Allah Ta'ala, going deeper and deeper into wrong, into vice, into sin. So the quality of Iman is further decreasing. But the Iman itself is there. The Iman itself is still present. But the strength is now very much weaker. Like one is a person who is still living, but he's become very sick, very ill. And as a result, he previously could run, now he's battling to walk also. He previously had excellent health, but now he's coughing and he's sneezing the whole day and he's having a problem breathing, all due to the physical weakness. So likewise, a person whose iman is weak, so the iman is there, alhamdulillah, but it's gone weak. So previously the person used to very easily move towards good deeds. The time of salah, the person is immediately ready for salah. Person is eagerly reaching out for the Qur'an Sharif to make tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif and likewise very easily shuns evil, shuns sin somebody is inviting towards something wrong very easily, very quickly the person is able to leave it and go away from there so all this is due to the strength the strength of Iman but when the Iman becomes weak the Salah gets merged there is no zeal to read Qur'an Sharif very difficult to make some zikr, so easy it is just to engage the tongue in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala but very difficult for a person with weak iman that person will sit and talk some stories futile things, Allah forbid even wrong things for one hour, two hours, three hours, half the night will go away, full night will go away but tell the person sit ten minutes and recite some durood sharif, very difficult 10 minutes and recite third kalima, very difficult. Sit around 10 minutes, make some istighfar, make some tilawat of the Quran Sharif. The whole night will go past in some yapping or whatever discussions which are futile. But the 10 minutes for tilawat, for some zikr, for some tasbihat, very difficult. It will be very easy to spend one hour in some futile activity. But to just spend 10 minutes performing the salah nicely, properly, with ease. 
that will become very much of a challenge that three rakats of Farz of Maghrib and the two rakats of Sunnah thereafter that too will be done in super haste in a haphazard manner just to get over with it just to get past it and just to say well I tick the box and I perform my Maghrib and that too if we sometimes Allah forbid Allah forbid if a person sometimes feels nobody's going to ask I'll get away so we just Allah forbid even abandon that this is all a sign of a very sick person spiritually very sick person very very sick spiritually as a result now there's no strength to do what is required to be done to stay away from what is to be stayed away from all this is the weakness of Iman but nevertheless the Iman that is weak is a very big problem it's a very very serious problem because when a person gets sick and he gets weak and he gets weaker and sometimes a small thing can knock him down and can be fatal can kill him, he'll drop dead somebody bumped him little hard and uh, if he was healthy, he was well, he might not have fallen but because he's so weak that bump now just drops him somebody just bumped him and he fell and he fell and he hit his head so hard he finished life is gone likewise the iman that is weak is very dangerous it is a very big problem because now that sins have weakened it and weakened it Allah forbid one more gust of sinful wind somebody comes and whispers something somebody comes and says something now there is such weakness already and that gust can just drop everything Allah forbid iman itself goes away so this is very dangerous but nevertheless as long as the iman is still there then the person still has a hope that if he passes away on that iman he will go to jannat but it's very dangerous because it's on the brink Allah forbid one gust of some wind of some vice, some sin, some kufr beliefs some ideologies which are wrong just comes and just blows him, he's on the edge falls so easily, everything is gone Allah forbid the person sometimes can't see the truth thereafter leaves his world without iman, Allah Ta'ala save us so it's very dangerous but nevertheless the iman is still there then there's hope now when it goes beyond that that the batil is now in the line of aqidah, of belief then everything is gone then there's no life in iman left if a person has accepted some belief which is against iman then everything is gone and this is such a fundamental aspect the Ulama has stated that everything in terms of a person's progress in dunya and akhirat, in the sight of Allah Ta'ala, in the sight of Allah Ta'ala, a person's worth and a person's progress is all dependent on two things. Now this is a very, very fundamental thing. This has been stated by some very great scholars that now everything is dependent on two things it's a very very deep statement the first thing is recognizing the truth from falsehood recognizing the haq from batil so to be able to recognize this is haq and this is batil and then that's still the first step 
which is very necessary obviously, because if a person hasn't recognized truth from batil, then everything is already lost. So the first thing is recognizing the haq from the batil. And the second thing is to give preference to the haq over the batil. So now a person who number one has recognized this is a truth and this is a falsehood. This is haq, this is batil. So mashallah he recognized it. That recognition will come on the basis of knowledge. Now either a person has that knowledge and especially in things, one is there are certain things which are very very clear cut. Any person with the most basic amount of knowledge also, he doesn't need to ask anybody, he knows it. Most basic amount of knowledge. Which Muslim with the most basic amount of knowledge also, doesn't know that drinking is haram, that pork is haram, that gambling is haram, and zina is haram. Which Muslim doesn't know these things? Clear cut. It's not something true that requires to be asked of somebody else that is this haq or batil clear cut all this is batil and likewise which muslim doesn't know that performing salah is haq and deciding quran sharif is haq and making zikr of allah ta'ala is haq and obviously starting off with iman itself so now this is clear cut haq every muslim knows it person who doesn't have iman for him that is he is still in some bewilderment but the person has Iman, mashallah, he's already recognized it. So certain things are clear cut. But then there are certain things which might be a little bit deeper. A person with basic knowledge may not be sure. So now either the person has the knowledge, they'll have the correct and true knowledge, then that person can recognize the haq from the batil. And if the person doesn't have that depth of knowledge, that Finer details are not in front of one, and as a result one is not sure, then you have to rely on somebody who has that knowledge. Then a person has to rely on somebody who has that knowledge. And this is something from the Quran Sharif. Allah Ta'ala says, ask people of knowledge. If you don't have that knowledge, you don't know, then you ask somebody of knowledge. Then you rely on somebody who has that proper knowledge and you accept from him and you take it and move from there so now in any case now the first part was to recognize the haq from the batil now the person who recognized the haq so he's one step ahead now but then till he doesn't give preference to the haq over the batil he doesn't accept the haq and reject the batil he is just as lost now for example there are some people who are not believers, they are not mu'minin. But they have recognized that Islam is the true religion. They have read it up, they have understood it, they have heard about it, they have researched it, they have seen it, they know it. But despite knowing all this, despite seeing it, realizing it, understanding it, but they have, for whatever their worldly motives are, they have given preference to their worldly motives over the truth that they have recognized. And as a result, they are still in kufr. This is exactly what the Yahud did 
Allah Ta'ala mentions about them in the Quran Sharif, يَعْرِفُونَهُ كَمَا يَعْرِفُونَ أَبْنَاءَهُمْ They recognized Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to be the truthful Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, the last and final Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, that the deen he has brought is deen a haq is the truth. Allah Ta'ala says they knew this so well, like a person knows his own child. The parents don't get confused about their child. They just hear some slight whisper of the child too, they can recognize the child's voice also. And that child can be standing among many others who look very similar, but the parent doesn't get confused. The parent recognizes their child without any difficulty. So this is the example that is being given, that they recognized the truth of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and he's being the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, the last and final messenger and Rasul of Allah Ta'ala, they recognize this like the person recognizes his own child. But despite that, there was hasad in their hearts, there was a love of dunya in them, they wanted this position and they wanted to be it. As a result, despite recognizing the truth, they rejected it. They became the maghdub alayhim. They became such that the curse of Allah Ta'ala fell upon them. And the wrath of Allah came upon them. So as a result, they were totally accursed. Now, this is what happens even up to this day. Many people recognize the truth in terms of Iman itself, but unfortunately their worldly motives come in the way and they don't accept it. But then, that is the disbelievers, those who have Iman. Now, how often there are things which we understand, which we know. This is correct, this is wrong. Many things we are well aware of. We don't have to ask anybody about these things because we are aware of it. We are aware of what's the correct aspects in terms of deen, what, what are the do's, what are the don'ts, many things we know very well. There might be certain things which are of a more uh, deeper nature, which we might need to ask somebody, but most of the things are clear to us. And especially we are learning deen, so we know what kind of behavior we should be adopting. We know what is farz upon us, what is wajib upon us. We know we have to perform performing our salah five times a day. We know what kind of talk is haram, that to make ghibat and backbite is haram, to use the gaze wrongly, to look at filth and evil is haram. We know to be indulging in haram chatting, talking to non-mahrams, this is haram. We are aware of it. We have this knowledge. We know what is right from wrong. But despite all this, we still give preference to the batil over the haq. Now that is the problem. And the worth of a person in the court of Allah Ta'ala, in the sight of Allah Ta'ala, and a person's degree of progress, the person's position in the sight of Allah Ta'ala is based on these two things. Number one, recognizing the haq from the batil. But then together with that, giving preference to the haq over the batil. Now, many times we know what is right and wrong, but there are some other worldly motives, some worldly issues, nafs and shaitan, whatever else comes in the way and prevents us from adopting the haq and rather we stay in the batil, Allah forbid, and we continue with the wrong, whether it is the wrong dressing, whether it is the wrong behavior, we know what is what. We know the western style of dressing is wrong. It has no haya in it. 
We know how things are going in which direction. But that's Batil. That's all part of Batil. It's come from Batil. It's come from a shameless culture. It's just modified to make it look sometimes a little bit more in between. But it is, it cannot be and it won't be that Allah Ta'ala is pleased with something and He's displeased with something at the same time. Allah Ta'ala is displeased with a certain kind of dressing and is also pleased with the same dressing at the same time. It doesn't happen, impossible. Either it is something that Allah Ta'ala is displeased with or Allah Ta'ala is pleased with it. Now that's the yardstick with which we have to judge everything. Whatever we do, not that what I think it is. And if I don't know whether this is falling within the ambit of the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala or the displeasure of Allah Ta'ala because I don't have that knowledge, I don't understand things correctly, I don't have that deeper understanding of what is haya and what is not haya, or what is part of the sunnah and what is against the sunnah, what is in keeping with the command of the Quran Sharif and what is not in keeping with it, I am not aware of this correctly, then I must ask somebody who has that knowledge, who has that correct understanding, who has that correct understanding and depth in it. So now, either it will be that this is something that Allah Ta'ala is pleased with, or it is that Allah Ta'ala is displeased with it. And if we are not clear, we ask. It can't be both. And when we are told that this is not correct, if that is something incorrect, then we must wholeheartedly accept it and give preference to the truth and take it to heart. Don't leave it halfway then. Take it to heart. There was a very pious king. He was a king after all, so there were things sometimes shouldn't go fully correct, but they were overall he was a good person. Harun Rashid. So he was a very big, great king. He ruled over a very vast part of the earth at that time. And he nevertheless was a person of very good qualities too. So once he sat down to eat and in that gathering at that time was Imam Abu Yusuf Rahimahullah. The, one of the very prominent and main students of Imam Abu Hanifa Rahmatullahi. Very great faqih, muhaddith, great personality. So he was appointed in the time of Harun Rashid as the Chief Justice, Qaziul Quzad. So in any case now he was in the royal court and Harun Rashid sat down to eat. And now unfortunately these styles creep in. So he also asked for some spoons and so on to eat. Now one is certain kinds of foods which are not easily possible to eat with the hand directly. It's something liquid. A person is drinking some soup. So now he's going to drink it with a spoon because he can't hold it with his hand. So now that's clear cut. There are many kinds of foods now which are not possible to clasp with the hand, with the fingers. So that will be eaten with a spoon. But something that can be eaten with the hand in the sunnah and the method that Nabi Karim Wasallam always adopted was to eat it with the hand. And the Mubarak Sunnah of Nabi Wasallam was, as far as possible, to eat with three fingers. And if necessary, then the other fingers would be then used as well. So now, perhaps the nature of the food that was presented, not perhaps, but it was, it was something that could be eaten easily with the fingers. But Harun Rashid asked for a spoon. 
The Imam Abu Yusuf Rahmatullahi, who is now a subject, Harun Rashid is the king, this is his subject. But he is seated there, so he says to him, he advises him by quoting a tafsir of the ayat of the Quran Sharif, وَلَقَدْ كَرَّمْنَا بَنِي Adam. Allah Ta'ala says, we honored the children of Adam alayhi salam, meaning insan. We honored them. Now there's different ways in which insan have been honored. In so many ways. Different things. Among the things, Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu, he narrates this, that among the things is also this. That Allah Ta'ala blessed them with fingers with which they can eat. In other words, the fingers are used for multiple things. Without fingers, life will become difficult. Among the things is eating as well. So mean they eat with it directly. So this is also Allah Ta'ala's granting of this honor to insan. Allah Ta'ala blessed him with fingers. He can use his fingers to eat. Now who is this being said to a king? Now normally people when they are told something and they are corrected on the spot and especially in the presence of others, then they will try to find some excuse to get out of that correction and still make it sound like what they are doing is fine. And if they don't say it's fine, they will still just ignore the thing what is being told and just carry on with the whole thing. So now they recognize the haq, somebody said it, somebody pointed it out, somebody explained it, so they recognized it, but nafs and shaitan come in the way. And despite having recognized that haq and truth, I make some excuse and find some loophole or do something or the other to now just don't tell me what to do. Well, I know what I'm doing. So in any case, that's our common problem. Rather than say, yes, okay, I've understood what I'm doing is not right. Inshallah, I'm going to change it. Uh, it's my weakness. Make dua for me. I want to try now. When a person adopts that approach, Allah will open the doors of Tawfiq. Allah will open the doors for the person to now progress and move forward and undertake what is correct. But as soon as we start making excuses for ourselves, Allah forbid, we start closing the doors of Tawfiq. So, now here is not just anybody, it's a king of the time. And in the presence of others. And he's been corrected. But he's corrected also in a very dignified manner, in a very suitable way. Imam Abu Yusuf didn't say to the point, tell him, what you are doing is wrong, because he's an intelligent person, he can understand what he's being told. So when he told him this much in this manner, it came down to telling him the same thing, that you should be using your hand to eat. Despite being the king, he immediately gave the instruction, take these spoons away. And he started eating with his hand. Now this is, he saw the haq, it was pointed out to him, he understood it, he immediately gave preference to the haq over the batil. At that time, to undertake that action in that manner was batil. Batil also has its different levels. So it was a certain level of batil. But he didn't make any excuses for himself. He didn't try to wiggle out of it. He didn't get upset. That Who are you to tell me? You are my subject. I'm the king. He didn't do anything of that nature. He accepted it. He wholeheartedly practiced on it. Now that's, that's now, he was a king of his time, he wasn't an alim or somebody, but he was a noble person. But now so many centuries later, we are still inspired by this incident of his. Now this is the benefit, he'll get the sawab of this.
what we are discussing now, he'll get the sawab, inshallah. That this became a means of inspiration for us. Now, this can be done by a king in front of people, he's corrected and he can accept it, so we too can accept it. Now, this is the zeal that we should develop. That if we are shown the truth, we are shown what is correct, we are corrected that this, what you did was wrong, this is right, we must accept it, wholeheartedly accept it. And make tawbah for the wrong, and make Allah, beg Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness, and turn to Allah Ta'ala for His help, and inshallah we'll see the tawfiq coming. But never ever make excuses for the wrong. So to recognize the haq from the batil, and then to give preference to the haq over the batil. Don't ever give preference to the batil over the haq. Now this is the simple thing that we have to make our motto in life. And to start looking at everything through this light, in this manner. That as mentioned earlier, there can only be one of two situations. Either Allah is pleased with this, or Allah is displeased with it. What I want to say, what I have already said, Allah was pleased with it or not pleased. Isn't a 50-50 thing. That particular word was either pleasing to Allah or displeasing. That action was pleasing or displeasing. That behavior was pleasing or displeasing. Now we have a short life. And any time death can reach us. And we need to then stand in front of Allah. So we want to make sure that we please Allah. We achieve His pleasure. We don't get into His displeasure. So now we need to start looking at everything in this light. And doing that which pleases Allah. And staying away from that which displeases Him. Then inshallah at the time of our moth. We will see the bounties that Allah will bless us with. And already in life the barakat of this comes. But the real thing will be seen at the time of moth, in the qabr, on the day of qiyamah, and then inshallah in jannah, Allah ta'ala grant us the tawfiq, wa akhiru da'wana, and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu, wa laka shukru kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk, anta kama athnayta ala nafsik. Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu. ربنا ولمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت العز الأكرم اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وسابج معين والحمد لله